Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I'm your host, Hanan Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Empowered to Grow. This is your host, Hanan Al-Bash. Today, I have a, a lovely lady who we, well, I call it serendipity that we met somehow, somewhere. The universe has brought us together. Tara Newman is the person you kind of mention when you're talking about the science of high performance, of resilience in entrepreneurship specifically, and trying to bring it all together in terms of her being a coach to high achieving men and women from around the world, and also an author. Tara, thank you and welcome to the show. Hi Hanan, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here today with the Oprah of the Middle East. (laughs) I got that, uh, I got dubbed that on one of the podcast live podcasts I was doing. And I'm like, I'm going to take that. Thank you very take much. Take it and run with it. And let's just keep saying it and putting it out there. Exactly. That is the plan. <laughs> We're well, going to breathe that into reality. Yes. Yes. And one day I'm going to have Oprah on my show. And one day I'm going to be sitting in her backyard with the Super Soul Sunday conversation. So I'm putting it, that so it is. out in the universe as well. <laughs> Tara, when I asked you to come on the show, and the show is Empowered to Grow, what does that mean to you and how has it resonated with you? Hmm. You know, I've been thinking about this, obviously, since, since coming on here and, you know, what does Empowered to Grow mean to me? And, I, and for me, I think there's something in that around taking responsibility personal responsibility for what we want in our lives that leads to forward momentum and evolution, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think the empowered part, I think sometimes we wait for someone to empower us. Yes. Right. And so when I, like, when I was thinking about that empowered part, it's for me, it's really about taking that responsibility. I think that's that's the essence of it. And and that's the essence of why when I keep talking about empowerment, I say there is always, you can't do it alone. So you always create a tribe and there are people that you trust and people that mm-hmm. come along in your path and kind of support you alongside. But being empowered to grow means that you've taken the responsibility in your own hands, saying that even when there is no one around and at, in the face of adversity and anything else that's happening in our life, mm-hmm. I'm empowered to stand on my own two feet. Yeah, and that you're accountable. Yeah, exactly. You know, to, you to yourself. yourself. Accountable. Exactly. Right, that you hold yourself accountable because this is a big conversation that I have with the women that I work with, um, it, whether privately or in the Bold Profit Academy. They, they started saying this really strange thing to me around our work together that um, I help them grow up in their business. And I didn't understand that for a really long time because it felt strange to me. Because mm-hmm. I look at them and I see grown women. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't like it. And then like so many of them had said that to me. And I was, and finally I was like, can you tell me more about what you're saying? And it was so much around responsibility and accountability. And I think sometimes we try and abdicate that accountability to somebody else, yes. but we really, it's like, we have to learn how to do that's part of our growth. 
That's true. And, and we can always employ coaches whose main job is accountability, um, is guidance, is kind of holding our hands in some aspects. But at the end of the day, no one can do the job on, on our behalf and no one could wake up and face everything in our lives on our behalf. And that's right. Okay, so talk, like kind of going from there, you are empowered to grow and you are empowering others to grow at the same time. Can you tell us a bit about your story? Sure. I actually feel very empowered to grow, but that wasn't always the case. Mm-hmm. I think, which is true for so, so many of us, you know, and I think that it, at different times in my life, it looked differently. I think when I was younger, I felt really empowered. And then something happened as I got older and I assimilated into like, I sometimes want 16 year old Tara back so badly. <laughs> Something tells me 16 year old and on too. (laughs) Just before everything hit the fan. (laughs) Before people started speaking into what you needed to do and who you needed to be in the world. And, you know, I, I did a whole stint in corporate America um, for a good almost 20 years. And I went through the education system and I know you've gone through the education system. I know you have your doctorate. I have a master's degree. Um, and I think there's a lot of conditioning yes. that happens in those spaces that um, for me made me feel very small or very hemmed in. Um, and I remember leaving corporate because I felt, I laugh now when I say this and I'll tell you why, I felt undervalued mm-hmm. and underutilized. And so I started my own business and I was like, well, all of a sudden I'm just going to be valued and utilized. That's not how that works. No, (laughs) (laughs) because it took me probably six months to realize that it was me who was undervaluing and underutilizing my own strengths and skills and not advocating Mm -hmm. for myself. And like, nobody was going to come around with a magic wand and be like, now you get to step into all those big dreams you have and just magically do this thing that I had to really rewire how I perceived myself. I didn't even realize I had an unworthy thing. Yep. I thought it was their fault. Yes, true. You know, so I didn't I know, even realize- I'm, I'm shaking was, my head because I'm nodding yeah, because she, she, I She's shaking her head at me. I yes. <laughs> Same Right, I didn't even realize that it was me. Yes that had that issue. So it took me a little while to untangle that and to um, truly start to feel ownership Mm -hmm. and in command of my choices and how that impacts the goals that I have Mm -hmm. and how I perceive goals and setting goals and how I perceive outcomes and how I perceive growth. because I don't see failure. I yeah. only see growth exactly. now, right? Because I've had to rewire that yes. in myself. Yeah. And so, so I think that's kind of been um, a part of my journey because when you start a business and entrepreneurship, you know, that's the big joke, right? There's no greater personal development project or <laughs> experience. Yes. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that really it humbles you in, in like on more than one level, on on so many levels. But, so many but then levels. again, it really does require an awareness 
to understand that you really need to get the ego out of the way. Yeah. And when I started my business, it was the first time that I really stepped outside from underneath like the shadow of my husband. Yeah. Okay. And claimed something for my own Mm -hmm. uh, because this isn't my first business. We actually had two other businesses that he was forward facing in. Okay. I continued to work in corporate, bring in some steady income while he uh, was doing that. But one of the businesses I was a primary partner in and even my whole life that we've been together, we've been together for a very long time. Like I would just hand over my paycheck to him and he would, he would take care of the bills and he would pay things and I wouldn't want to know anything about it. So, or I didn't care to know anything about it. It was easy. And I just kind of had this belief that if I just kept like giving my energy to his success, then we would have everything I ever wanted. And it wasn't until I started my own business that I realized that I was responsible for what I wanted. And while he was, he's got goals and he's an ambitious sort and that's wonderful. Like it was never going to be enough for me because it wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. So that was another big part of me and, and, and claiming my financial independence. And I really sometimes wonder for women, you know, can we get to a place of true empowerment without having these conversations around financial empowerment and financial and and money? I think it's a must. I know that I get in trouble for saying that, but I'm glad you did. No, she said it, it not me. (laughs) No, it is a must. I'm not saying that we as like, I'm married as well. And, and we have our finances together. There are uh-huh. parts of it. I mean, he, now with, with my business still, I'm putting in my effort to go out and everything. He's a sole provider for the family, my husband. So understanding that, but also understanding that I wanted to be financially independent because I used to work. I mean, I've been working since I was at university. So mm-hmm. I'm used to having that income. Mm-hmm. When I first got married, I, I was very financially independent in terms of I get my own car, I get my own clothes, you know, those kind of things. I don't want you to, I don't want your money when it comes to that. But the point is, I was still not financially independent because I didn't have the proper money mindset. And something mm-hmm. I've been very consciously working on the past, to be honest, only over the past year is shifting my relationship with money and understanding how I can utilize it towards my own empowerment and that of my family and that of everyone I want to serve. But that was, I was never conditioned with that to start with. For me, money brought a lot of pain. And that is because of a lot of inner child wounds and growing up wounds that came along with it. And thus for me, mm-hmm. money is I, I made money. I'm, I made a lot of money and I made sure to, to, to get it all out of my system and all out of my accounts just so I don't want to be around money. And I think that is something that as I'm talking to more and more women, there is empowerment in understanding, first deciphering your relationship with money and then understanding how it is that you can then create a loving relationship with money where you are attracting it because you are utilizing it for empowerment and for growth rather than need it and have this codependent relationship that kind of brings a lot of pain with. And it's really, it's really fascinating because I believe that if like we put more money in the hands of women, the world would look so phenomenally different because there are tremendous, in my opinion, differences 
between the way men spend money very transactionally and then how women use money way more energetically. True. And, and, and even what's important to them to spend money on, Yeah. you know, versus men. And, and I just, I do, I think the world would be infinitely better if we get more women making more money. More women making money and not, not, I think possibly there's also a part of us that shies away from it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, no. And and that is related. And I was not in my head when you were talking about understanding your and appreciating your own worthiness. That is also like now when I, my stint in corporate world lasted about 12 years. And then over the past 10 plus years, I've been in, in like the private business and entrepreneurial world and stuff. And I realized that I did not stand up for myself enough Mm -hmm. in terms of my position in terms of my Mm -hmm. responsibilities in terms of my Mm -hmm. financial returns Mm -hmm. whether that be in corporate or even in a private business when I was partners with other people and even when I first started um, three or four years ago saying okay I'm an advisor slash mentor slash coach slash whatever it is the title that you want so that I can serve you I could never claim my worth it's just Mm -hmm. it made me feel very uncomfortable yeah, women have a really hard time advocating for their value because they devalue themselves. Like yeah. things that come easy to women, they devalue. And I think, you know, it really, again, like I, there's just so much conditioning around women, work, money, you know, like we've been conditioned to do all this unpaid labor. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and, to we're always in corporate we were always the first to raise our hands to take something on because then we thought that somebody would acknowledge us like we're so hungry to be seen as valuable um and we wouldn't we wouldn't advocate for it in corporate I actually worked in human resources and I was responsible uh one of the functions I was responsible for was compensation paying people in in the company and it was fascinating this the whole like term the squeaky wheel gets the grease is so true but the squeaky wheels were always the men they had no problem advocating for how much work they thought they did Mm -hmm. (laughs) and women were just waiting to be asked to the dance (laughs) exactly exactly when one of my main corporate jobs I got I got the offer and the offer was for senior manager I was marketing I was in the marketing field so I it was senior marketing manager I'm like wow yay okay so I got that I thought it was marketing manager so I got the title and then they they responded and I wanted to verify so they responded like oh no it's the responsibilities are the same the title isn't the package isn't <laughs> I was like and amazing yeah I accepted because I'm like you know again I was conditioned that the expectations were marketing manager why, why are you aiming for more? And I spent like three and a half years trying to get to the next level, but there were always reasons that made sense that it's not the time, it's not the money, it's not whatever. But yeah, so, and then once you started your business, back to your journey, when is the part where you said, okay, now I, I need to coach high achieving men and women into understanding their resiliency and understanding their their strengths actually. So 
I, I was a coach in corporate. So that was, you know, I was in the performance uh, space in my, mm-hmm. in my corporate job. So I came out of corporate coaching people around okay. performance, not as specifically as I do now, because now I work with women service providers who started their business for financial and personal freedom, right? That's, isn't yep. that pretty much why we've all sure. started our businesses? <laughs> um but find themselves absolutely exhausted mm-hmm. and over leveraged and it's impacting uh, and, and over complicating their businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, one of the things that I did was I went and got certified as a profit first consultant so that I could really help women understand money better because when we understand money from a, yes, a mindset perspective, but also put in some practical pieces, yes, it allows our nervous system to calm down mm-hmm. performance, right? Our nervous system to calm down so that we can earn more, yeah. more money, regulate mm-hmm. to what it feels like to hold more money. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about having, you were you know, you could have it, but you couldn't hold it. Yes. Right. There's like, there's like a performance aspect to that around regulating our nervous system. There is a aspect of women who start their own businesses being incredibly high achieving, mm-hmm. but not necessarily high performing. Mm-hmm. And if I can, and it's like a spectrum, like, I'm not saying that if you're a high achiever, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, actually, it's a great thing. I can't take a low achiever and make them a high performer. I can only really take a high achiever and, and give them some and process and some skills yes. and some systems mm-hmm. so that they can be more of a high performer. So they have the endurance that they need mm-hmm. to continue their businesses because anything around, I mean, I'm not planning on stopping my business anytime soon. You're not planning on stopping your no. business anytime soon. Um, so the name of the game is resiliency. How do you keep going and feel really great as you keep going? Because when you feel great, great things happen. True. (laughs) And when, and when you feel great, money comes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and how can we make this whole um, business thing feel more enjoyable, less exhausting and wildly profitable? Yeah. That's, that's the, isn't that the bottom line of everything? Yeah. And, and that requires us to be intentional. Yes. Discerning, Mm -hmm. responsible, accountable, right? Some of those, some of those other things where I think a lot of people think it's like a Facebook ad or a webinar. (laughs) (laughs) Those are, those are tools. Yeah. Those are tools. Yes. But, but again, that's the point. And I think it comes up over and over again in conversations. It starts with awareness and with awareness comes the intention and with the intention come the, the, the following strategies, actions, implementations, executions, and the adaptations and the resilience. And the, and the, you know, the, you keep the perseverance of trying different things, not trying the same thing over and over again, because you know, that's the definition of insanity and still waiting for that for different results. But keeping adapting and pivoting accordingly just to ensure that your goal 
does not change, but you get to your goal with different different things. And I think that's that's also that's very challenging when you're talking about um, building up a business from from the ground up. Yeah. So I think what happens is women when they when they come to me, they're just they're they're really drained. They're they're exhausted, and they think they're doing something wrong. Yeah. And and they're really not um, because growth in itself is exhausting. Sure. Think about a teenager. Mm-hmm. They're growing so rapidly and they're sleeping half the day, right? And so business growth is really no different. It's it's fatiguing. It's mm-hmm. um, it could be de-energizing. And so how can we give these women the tools to navigate growth in a way that is about resiliency, but there is no resiliency unless you focus on rest and recovery. That's true. That's, that's resiliency so true. isn't the ability to keep going and 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 overcoming adversity. I mean, that's part of it. But there's the other part that requires rest and recovery, which we don't get that much these days, especially with this, um, you know, with the way everything is is just on twenty four seven and online things and the you know, having so much access to communication and you, you always feel like you have the formal factor walking in. It's like, <laughs> okay, do I need to do a post now? Do I need to be on clubhouse? Okay. Do I need to be shooting something? Am I live on Instagram? And I need to do another reel because the other one, you know, didn't, didn't do enough. And, and it's always that, that kind of go, go, go. And that's why Another thing that for me was was a realization over the past few years was I, I spent a lifetime trying to seek balance, the work time. Oh, mm-hmm. Until recently, I realized what I'm seeking is synergy mm-hmm. and understanding that the weight of the of the different elements of my life shifts. And I need to be resilient and, and adaptive to shift along with it. Understanding that still, I put the, the, the general framework and, and the general structure of how my week should be like, but to be adaptive to whatever is happening and to, to give priority to those that need the most attention and, and kind of investment of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say integration, but synergy yeah. is a great word for that. <laughs> so from where you stand right now, what advice would you impart on your 19-year-old self? Ooh, um, my 19 year old self was a 4.0 college (laughs) student taking 21 credits a semester (laughs) and not shaking her head and laughing because something tells me that (laughs) we were the same person just on different parts of the globe. (laughs) Well, I I had to overcompensate because I had failed a bit in the middle kind of you know my went down and was like I need to catch up I can't graduate without honors <laughs> uh so I barely made it out of high school that was my I I had undiagnosed ADHD I didn't realize I actually didn't get diagnosed with ADHD until this year mm-hmm. so um I didn't do great in high school so when I got to college I really you know, for a lot of reasons, I was, I was more engaged, you know, things are more interesting in college. And of course. I guess I felt like maybe I had something to overcome or to prove that I wasn't a failure. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause at that point I probably did feel like a huge failure. So I think for, for 19 year old Tara, you know, I would let her know that, um, everything always works out as it should. 
Yeah, I love that. Okay, the other end of the spectrum, from a time capsule perspective, what would you like your 90-year-old self to thank you for today? Oh. Um, I would like my 90-year-old self to, you know what? I'm really proud of my resiliency. I think all women should be. Mm-hmm. Should really be proud of how much they hold and if this wasn't a, a, this past year didn't prove that, I don't know what it would have proven because all of the things we've had to navigate school, whether you're, you're a mom and you've got the mom, I've got two kids, you know, like school oh, we've got one and, and virtual school drove me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Remote school. And, and, you know, just, it just, it really drove home for me how much women hold even if they have uh, an active partnership, yes, you know, it, it just, it really, there's something different about, you know, my husband and I can both be home, but my kids will come to me for the questions. They're always texting me the school. I think I've put him as the primary contact, but they contact me anyway. Like I've tried so many ways around this. He doesn't understand what my problem is all day, <laughs> you know? So I think, um, yeah, just my resiliency and 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 acknowledging acknowledgement for for how much I hold and how much I've accomplished in my life. Yeah, I love that. So to sum this up, you're on a stage and you're talking to tens of thousands of women, and the topic is about being empowered to grow. What would be that lasting message you leave them with? The closing oh, statement. I, I did this. Oh, you um, did? so. Okay. <laughs> and the title of my talk was the strategy is you. Ooh, I like that. You know, women women seek externally for the fix, the tactic, the tool, the strategy, the answer, and really it is you. Yes. It's not within you, it's you as in it's you. all of you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that that I love that. So the strategy is you. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that, the, the, as you said, we're, we're, we're having the synergy across uh, the continents. And that is one of the things that I'm super advocating um, recently and based on everything I'm learning and everything I'm viewing and all the work I'm doing with all the women, it's we are slowly and being empowered is slowly shifting from the external validation to the internal gratification and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I think this falls in, lo- in line with strategy as you. Mm-hmm. Because then you realize again that it is within you. And as you said, um, and this is something I obviously believe in so much is we tend to discount what we've overcome, how much we have done to date, mm-hmm. what, like the resilience within us because of the conditioning along the years because of the external noise and because of all of this that, that we tend to say, no, I'm not enough. And I know for me, I realized that I, it was actually my first coaching session about four years ago where the coach stopped me. He's like, okay, time out. After about half an hour of talking and stuff, he's like, why are you using the statement over and over again? Not good enough. And this is just for time frame perspective. And I've shared the story a, a few times is this was literally two weeks before earning my doctorate degree. As in, I've, I was already done. I was just waiting for the paperwork and you know the official email of congratulations, doctor. 
This is after about six years of being co-founding four businesses. This is 12, 13 years of corporate. This is, this is so many other things. These are the, like the professional and academic achievements, but just as a person and surviving an expat and all of this. And I still did not feel I was good enough. I was going again for the next, the next ladder, the ne not the next rung in the ladder, the next ladder. I was looking for the same next thing. I was looking for that validation of you're doing a good job. You know, you can rest now, <laughs> you can celebrate now. And, and it never comes in that way because there's always someone out there doing a bit more. And there's another certificate that I need to take. And there's something else that needs to be validated. And the moment I stopped that for me was kind of the wake up call, or I call it the kind of going through an ice bucket challenge where, okay, now I get it. <laughs> and it's like kind of waking up and saying, okay, what are my success parameters? What do I want to achieve? Not what I was told I need to achieve. achieve. What do I want out of my life and how do I measure my own success? Mm -hmm. And that for me just changed my life around, literally my trajectory of everything I wanted to do and everything I want to do. Strategy yeah. is you. <laughs> strategy is you. And I think, you know, women really struggle just to celebrate their successes. Mm -hmm. I see that all the time. Yeah. Well, Tara, thank you so much for such an insightful and synergetic conversation. I loved it so much. Where can our viewers and listeners um, find you in virtual space? Uh, in the virtual space, they can find me. Uh, one, I have a podcast, The Bold Money Revolution, and this is talking all about women and business and money, which are some of the most important conversations that we can be having right now. And I'm always on Instagram at the Tara Newman. Okay. Well, we'll always definitely we'll put the links in, in our show notes. So that's going to be there so they can reach you. Thank you so much. I love this. And I'm sure we're going to continue into our uncharted discussion to talk a bit more about other elements that you brought up. And I would love to dig deeper with you. Thanks, Anand. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Tara. Well, I mean, there's nothing more I can say other than strategy is you, as Tara said. This, this is the bottom line of what we can take out of this show. And, and just to give ourselves the grace, celebrate ourselves, and understand that it is within us and it is us to create a life that we want on our own terms. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you love, abundance, and prosperity. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.